Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Molly Friedrich from Austin, Texas, and the suburbs to the north, including Round Rock. Molly and I have trained in the same network for many years, and we have a very similar approach to the real estate business. That's why I trust her implicitly. Today's episode is another fantastic opportunity to get to know a fantastic agent. And so we're very happy to have her on the program. Molly, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Hey, Dick. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a great opportunity to be here. I'm having a great day here in Round Rock, the northern suburb of Austin. And I have been lucky enough to be in real estate here in this area since 2000 after earning my engineering degree at the University of Texas. Fantastic. So we have an engineer on the call. Indeed, although now it's a different world, right? But, you know, sometimes those numbers come into play in real estate. Absolutely, and you do have to orchestrate things. So an engineering background is always good. Well, take a quick minute. Where are you in your career today after getting that degree and, and working in Round Rock? Where are you? Well, you know, it's been a great 20 years, and I will say now it uh, is a business that is almost 100% working by referral. You know, when I started, it was maybe some cold calls and things like that. That wasn't nearly as enjoyable as the way that you and I work now, which is, uh, you know, taking care of our sphere and then having those referrals come back. What a wonderful way to work and help people build their real estate dreams. And then I have the joy of working with the people that they care about when it's time for them uh, to buy or sell or invest in real estate. Doesn't that make it fun? Just having that uh, servant's heart and building on relationships and having them ask you to help their kids. Absolutely. And friends and, you know, friends that are almost family often, truly. Well, now in our work as realtors, we wear a lot of different hats uh, in the process. What's your favorite hat to wear? Just pick one. It's a tough question. You know, I think I have to say it is so rewarding to put the keys in the hand of a first-time home buyer or a first-time investor, which now I am having so many clients that they've got their family home and they are enjoying that, and now they're working on building wealth. And so it's an opportunity for them um, to, to look at real estate as an investment opportunity. Now, during that process, it can be a little crazy. Um, Just real briefly, how do you help them feel comfortable and engaged? Because it can be a little hairy. (laughs) It can be quite hairy. You're right, Dick. And especially in the market that we've been experiencing, it can be a little overwhelming for both buyers and sellers. So something that uh, my team and I have put together and we really are leaning into this year is a very clear, concise one sheet with the steps of the home buying and the home selling process and actually taking time at the very beginning to really walk them through 
what that process looks like, and some things that might come up and how we might handle them so that it's not so overwhelming when we are in the heat of the moment and in the heat of those negotiations. That has been a huge advantage for our clients. They really appreciate that. And it also gives them a reference that they can look at, you know, when they're at home and it's the middle of the night and maybe they're stressing about what's coming next. You know, what should I anticipate? And they can pull that one sheet out and take a quick look and, and say, okay, now we're through the, in, the inspections. Here's the next step, and this is what we're preparing for now. And you just walked right into it. I asked for comfortable and engaged, and that's exactly what you gave. That, that, both of those are covered beautifully with that. So there you go, folks. You'll feel comfortable and engaged. You'll know what's going on, and you've got somebody with a heart of gold. So uh, pay attention. This is going to be a great episode here. Okay. Hey, thank you. <laughs> You're very complimentary. I appreciate it, Dick. <laughs> okay, so, so if I'm looking at the map, which I am, I, here's my map. F hear that? That's my map. Yeah, I hear it. Map. I hear it. What is your geographic service area? I know you, you go Austin and the north. Tell me about that. Yeah, okay, great great question. So, you know, way back in the day, Austin wasn't such a big town. Well, now, you know, it takes a good hour to get from the northern suburbs to to the southern suburbs. So it, I find that it has been very advantageous to truly specialize. So I, um, together with my team, we work in North Austin. Round Rock is directly to the north and home of Dell. Cedar Park is to the northwest. Georgetown is even a little farther north of Round Rock. And, um, you know, oftentimes we also are finding that people are expanding a little bit out into Hutto, which is a northeastern suburb. And there's more as well, but those, you know, are kind of the main hub of the, the direct northern suburbs of Austin. I see them all right here on the map. I got you covered. So that's good. So it's primarily Austin to the north. Uh, if you have you somebody that is looking towards the south, I see Lockhart and Buda and Bastrop. You might refer people to those areas. You know, that's the beauty of our network, right? The, you know, the network that you and I are both part of, we have great colleagues all over the country. But even, you know, in this situation, in the same city. So if I have someone that maybe they started up here in the north and they changed their plans and now they're looking in the southern suburbs, then we can connect them with one of our fantastic colleagues down there and they can still have that same quality of service and know that they're, they're going to be taken care of and uh, that dream is going to still be alive just with a different, a different colleague. So absolutely it's important to have the right people in the right places. Give me three bullet points that you want our listeners to take away from, from the call today. And just think of it as an elevator. You're going from one floor to the next, so you don't have much time. Just uh, three. I points. know. Three okay, points. so Austin is the home of the University of Texas, which is fabulous because it provides for fun sports to watch, theater, and then some academic opportunities, both for adults and kids. So University of Texas, we love it. Uh, in the Austin and Round Rock areas, as well as Georgetown, great bars, restaurants, music venues, so fun things to do, fun places to go out. And we are just a short drive away from the Hill Country, which is absolutely beautiful and boasts some Texas wineries, which, uh, you know, we're not Napa, but, we, you know, we try our best, and it is fun to go out there and, and enjoy those as well. 
That's good. A good triangle there of education, entertainment, and short road trips. Very good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Take two minutes. Tell us about the area. What can we expect to find there? Tell me a little bit more about some of those things you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great question. So I will say what I find in the northern suburbs and the people that tend to want to live here uh, we, of course, are a technology hub, so so many times people are coming here for work, and then things that are important to them are good schools. We have excellent schools in the, the northern areas, and, and there's, you know, specific school districts, and of course, we would talk about those uh, when, you're, when you're coming this way and specifically going to make a move, but uh, the schools are fabulous. There are so many good sporting opportunities for both adults and kids uh, to participate or to watch, which is fun. Um, people are friendly and enjoy being outside especially in the fall and the spring when the weather is a little more moderate. Uh, you know, it does get quite warm and hot, in fact, in the summer, but the beautiful fall weather and relatively uh, mild winters are fabulous. What's the vibe with the college town? So the University of Texas is a large university, and it is situated right next to downtown. In fact, the sporting arena's are right there on I-35, the main interstate through Austin. So you will see that that college campus interacts very much with downtown. Many of the college students work and serve and interact in the restaurants and the bars. And then uh, additionally, many of them will have internships and co-ops with the technical companies around here in the Austin area. So very interactive. That's a good vibe. I really like that. It's not that they're separate. You know, here's the downtown and here's the college and, you know, never the twain shall meet. That's really good. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about some of the popular activities during the year. You mentioned the wine country and the, uh, the hill country, I guess. And uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Are there annual festivals, concerts in the park? What's going on kind of on an annual yeah. basis? Very good question. Austin and the surrounding areas are, are very active. Of course, in the fall, the, all those wineries have different wine trails and activities, and uh, they'll have special meals and events that you can attend. But also, Austin is very popular in the music scene. So Austin City Limits is typically in October. That's very popular. South by Southwest is a big music and art festival that is in the spring. So those are fun activities. And then even up in the northern suburbs, Georgetown has a, a red poppy festival in the spring. So they uh, close off their little square and have a lot of different activities. The restaurants and wineries around that square will offer samples and have special menus. So that's that's just a lot of fun. And then I'll, I'll tell you, you know, for our family, we love the fall because it's University of Texas football season. So a lot of fun things to do. Okay. There's always football. and There's yeah. always football. Even, even when you're not having a good season, there's always football. <laughs> <laughs> and I have come to learn that high school football is ginormous in Texas. Is that right? It is huge. Friday night is all about high school football and you know you have to laugh when high school football actually makes it on television too right you know it, it's a big wow. thing in texas for sure for sure wow. all right so uh, here's a tough question and i I'm not not intending to beat a dead horse but tell me one thing that you love about your city and why and it can be austin round rock you know pick a, pick a little town in there but 
one thing you absolutely love and why? Great. I'm going to go back to I personally love the sports opportunities. It brings people together, a way for them to meet each other, builds the community, an opportunity to enjoy being outside. It also sometimes creates some additional community involvement opportunities. For example, my boys and I are part of an organization called the Young Men's Service League where we have the chance to spend 20 hours per year directly serving local charities. And we've served everything from uh, children with food insecurity to homeless to seniors and and many more. And that developed out of... uh, you know, some of those sports my kids have played with for years and years and years, the moms and the sons coming together to be part of that organization. So that's really fun. That's a nice, I won't say twist, but that's a nice um, angle, I guess, is having the families participate very specifically, having the families participate like that. I I like that a lot. There's not enough of that, I think. Uh, We often go our separate ways. That's a great way to get engaged. I think we have to be very cognizant to make that happen, right? Because we are, we are a busy society, and there's everything for everybody to do individually. We have to be very cognizant to, to do things together, to choose to serve together. Hmm. What are the primary reasons people are moving to Austin? Uh, there's some tech, there's some education, there's mm-hmm. some wine. What are some of the reasons yeah. <laughs> people are moving there? Right, right. Well, definitely the jobs, the technical jobs, that is bringing huge number of people here. And our lack of state income tax definitely is a motivator as well, right? Because when you get mm-hmm. to, to keep a little bit more of that money, it feels it feels more friendly, maybe. Um, certainly uh, have seen more people coming from higher housing cost states this year, like California, for example. And the other thing that we see a little bit too is Georgetown, that suburb I've mentioned before that's north of Austin and north of Round Rock, has an active, a large active retirement community called Sun City, which often draws grandparents that want to be closer to their families, but yet still have their own opportunities in life and activities. So they love being in Sun City. They're close enough to interact with their families, but they also have their own uh, social activities and recreational activities there in Sun City during the day. They've got that one figured out. Yes, very smart, very smart. Okay, what's the employment outlook? Who are the biggest employers? You mentioned Dell, and certainly there's there's the state government, I'm sure, and uh, sure. and the university. What's going on there? With you, the you've hit a few. We Tesla, Apple, Amazon, Google, IBM, AMD, Dell, whole host of other technical companies. Those, those are the big ones, right, that we, we all tend to recognize. You pointed out we're home for many state jobs as well as, as university in Texas. The University of Texas as well as City of Austin employees, and we expand we expect to continue to expand in the tech sector, and the University of Texas is very well recognized in engineering, computer science, and business programs. They're some of the best around that draws people here, and then they don't want to leave. So we expect that those jobs will continue to grow. 
Well, we expect to get a thank you note from Austin uh, here in the state of California because we really? con we're contributing <laughs> so many of those elements, be it the companies <laughs> or the people, or and the people. Yes. So uh, we do expect yep. to get yep. some, maybe a royalty here and there. But uh, a royalty. All right, all right. But, How about an invitation? You you can come on, come on and enjoy. And you know, even if you don't want to move here, come enjoy Austin in the area. <laughs> well, I tell you, the South by Southwest and Austin City Lights, they. They have got such incredible reputations um, mm -hmm. that would be a very fun thing to participate in. Well, you know, come on, we'll have you. All right, there, there it is. Can't deny it. That's an invitation. Um, That's an invitation for sure. Well, now describe a couple of ways that a new resident can get involved in the community. You gave us some great examples of of mother son stuff that you were doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's get into that a little bit. What are the, some of the things you can do, maybe beyond the standard Rotary Club and church groups and PTA? What are some of the kind of the local organizations that have had an impact? Uh, hey, I am so glad that you asked because this is just uh, you. You've hit on my heart for service, and uh, we have backed as a family, as a company, for a long time several local organizations that I'd like to tell you about. One is called Backpack Coalition. They uh, raise funds and they raise arms and legs, workers, to volunteer to help put together bags of food, simple shelf-stable food for kids to take home over the weekend that are traditionally on that um, lunch subsidized program so they don't get the food they need at home. So that allows them to have some food over the weekend. So that's a fantastic organization mm -hmm. as they have expanded another one called hope austin has come alongside to help with that burden because there is a huge need there's also a round rock serving center here they do a fabulous job of helping with the fight against food insecurity there's uh, they take all sorts of donations they work with heb is a huge grocery store here in the area so they work with them to receive donations and things that they can help with but then of course the public as a whole so we enjoy going to serve there at the uh, the round rock serving center to see that need and help fill that need and then we have a great organization called brookwood in georgetown which is a vocational community that provides meaningful work, sense of belonging, dignity, and respect for adults with functional disabilities. And they have a lovely little shop and a restaurant, and uh, they invite us to come up and help paint pottery with the citizens and, you know, help put together those final projects that they then sell in that gift shop. So fantastic opportunities all around. And then I have the joy of being part of a Round Rock Women's Club and a Leading Ladies, which we raise funds and awareness for local charities. And I love having the opportunity to share that information with clients and friends. Um, and we hold seminar series. As, as a company, we hold seminar series where we can invite charities to come and share more, which is just a great way to raise that awareness. Raising the awareness. That, to me, is more important than raising the money. The money will come. The, but the money will come. Raising the awareness and building the community and the relationships within it, and you're rock solid when that happens. Absolutely. Let's talk for a minute about regional services. Are regional services able to keep pace? Because you guys, aren't you one of the 
top, if not the top, fastest growing uh, metro in the country. You're just going it, through incredible <laughs> growing pains. What is going it, on with yeah. infrastructure? Can it handle it? Before COVID, we were really seeing the traffic issue grow. We were really a city that was not fully embracing public transportation, and our tech companies were located, you know, they're located all around the city and the suburbs, so it was really creating such a stress. Uh, Now, with so many people still working from home, the traffic crisis has taken a little bit of a backseat and hasn't been nearly as much of an issue, but what's in the limelight now, of course, is because of COVID, healthcare and hospitals and facilities. Uh, So we do have many hospitals throughout Boston and suburb area, and they continue to build, continuing to create satellite campuses as well. So those that maybe do live a little further out at least have a, maybe it's not as big as, as those main hospitals, but a facility that they can get to quickly should they need to. Uh, the schools continue to grow, especially in the suburbs, as you might imagine, with all these people coming here for tech jobs and they've got kids. Um, yeah. and, and you'll see many of our schools have portable buildings. So in order to expand, they're you know putting these buildings out and they add and subtract as they need to to manage for, for the numbers. And I expect that as we see builders really ramping up inventory, we're likely to see even more stress on, on schools and teachers and, and facilities from that standpoint. So has the COVID approach to commuting reduced the traffic considerably? Is it you know, less of a strain on the system? It is definitely less of a strain on the system. I think, you know, nobody knows, right? No one has a crystal ball to know when and how many people will go back because this may just be truly a shift in how people work. We're certainly seeing that, yes, some people are going back, but maybe it's not every day and maybe it's not for all day. And so that shifts those commute patterns enough that it takes a little pressure off. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can now zip from North Austin to South Austin in 20 minutes, but it's certainly uh, a lot better than it was pre COVID. Took a little bit of the edge off. Yes. Little stress off the, (laughs) the commute at least for sure. Now, what about the airport? You've got Austin Bergstrom Airport, uh, which is an international airport, uh, to the southwest or southeast there. Has that taken on uh, any of the challenges to expand with the expanding population? Certainly. The the airport has continued to grow, which has been wonderful. You know, they are adding more flights. And, you know, that, of course, is in an ebb and flow with with COVID and with travel and how it's changed. But I will tell you, in fact, I, I flew in yesterday to Austin um, after a weekend away, and the airport was packed, 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 packed. But the restaurants were handling, you know, handling it. The uh, TSA was handling it. Things were moving. Parking was moving. I I was quite impressed, actually, to see, you know, how well they really could facilitate that. Okay, let's get into real estate, shall we? Please, let's do. We like to talk about real estate. Southern California cities, uh, throughout Southern California, it's kind of a wide range, but we, we have average price range, median prices from 500000 to a million five, you know, as a median. And mm-hmm. so it's all over the map, depending upon the, the region that you're in. Give me some examples and stories and such. What's your local median or average home price? Let's start there. To just give you a little perspective, 
in the northern suburbs in Williamson County, we have, I would say, our range from low to high is probably about 300,000 to 3.5 million. And, and that 3.5 is going to probably include some acreage with it, if, if that gives you some perspective, because we do still have land <laughs> um, in Williamson County with an average about 440, you know, if we're just looking to give perspective. Now, Williamson County is a big county, right? So the, the farther north you go, the more you're going to get for your money. Houses are staying on the market about 12 days. Uh, some some will be one, you know, some will be 40. Depends on pricing and, and strategy a little bit. Now, for 440,000, you're probably looking at about a three or four bedroom, under 2,000 square feet on about an eighth of an acre yard. Might even be in a community that would have a community pool and playground. Now, if we're coming closer in to make that commute time into Austin a little shorter and focusing on great schools, then you're going to need to expect to pay more like seven fifty for a four-bedroom, 3,500 square feet, and quite a variety as far as amenities in those, those higher prices, usually associated, again, with uh, those good schools and, and what you get for that price tag. Uh, for example, I just recently sold a home in the northeast suburb that was 495, 3,000 square feet, one story, lovely garden, updated bathrooms, an amazing owner suite, which even included a separate room that could have been a study, study exercise room, or even a nursery. Your prices have gone up. They have gone up a lot this year. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's it's two things I think supply and demand right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and yes oh <laughs> that's <God>. right <laughs> okay so let let's we all know about the demand side let's talk about the supply side in in Austin yeah. what about the supply of new homes is construction meeting demand what what's that part of the equation all about it's been a very difficult year for labor and supply shortages in the spring and summer builders were releasing only a few homes and when they did. There was no customization allowed, and it was a bidding war. So, for example, they would say, we're releasing these two houses. Send us your, what your offer will be and a $5,000 check in order to have the opportunity to bid. And typically, they'd have about 500 offers on two houses. <laughs> so... We are missing the times when a buyer had the opportunity to go in and visit numerous builders, choose what they liked as far as size of lot, and go pick out their favorite floor plan and their favorite, you know, design selections. That that did not happen in 2021. We are hopeful that the builders are starting to catch up. You know, I'll say in the last maybe three weeks, I have actually seen emails saying we have an inventory home, no bidding, selling it this weekend. And I thought, oh, goodness, you know, there, there's maybe a breath of opportunity yeah. here. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't come along, and maybe they have. Some builder hasn't come along and kind of gone maybe the full service route. But because of the way the market is, it's just really, really, really not necessary. So they just give the basic house and say there's no upgrades? Well, and to be completely transparent and fair, I do have a client that contracted in 
November of 2020 to build what we would normally have thought a a new home, (laughs) you know, where they are getting to choose their own uh, finish out. They chose their floor plan. They picked their lot. And the anticipation was that they would be in by September of 2021. Last week, the framing just started. So we are now talking about closing, hopefully, in spring or early summer of 2022. So when it does exist, the timeline has been expanded so greatly that most buyers can't wait that out. Most buyers that are intending to make a move in six to nine months can't stomach what becomes an 18 or 24-month process. Point taken. That's a really good point. It's that uh, supply chain getting in the way again. That's, it uh, is. Yes, phrase, it's a problem. That supply chain is a phrase we've uh, come to embrace, uh, but we never. I don't think we heard it before 2020. I, think, I don't think we've ever even given it a second thought, but now it's near and dear to our hearts. Can a person get some help from you with new construction if they're from out of town, or is it just such a crazy thing? Can they say, mm-hmm. hey, Molly, I want to get some new construction. I can't be here for long. i got to go back to work at home. What can you do for them or with them in that case? I absolutely recommend that if a buyer is building and they're out of town, that they have a proactive realtor here to help them and and be eyes and ears on the ground. We'll often help with the Zoom meetings. We've walked lots. We've looked at different builders, so we have a sense for it. And then we follow up and have Zoom meetings with builders to ask the nitty-gritty, the ins and outs and the details to make sure we're comfortable with that process. We've even done Zoom meetings uh, for the design center, you know, (laughs) to help them pick out their choices. Of course, it's better if they can come in, you know, to really see the flooring, really see the cabinets, that type of thing. But sometimes, you know, the schedule doesn't allow and we work with that. And then once the process gets going, we help with taking video, taking pictures as the house is in progress, meeting with the builder or inspector or any other vendors as needed. Um, In fact, I was laughing with a, a client a couple months ago because she loves that we send photos every you know week to 10 days, but she so wishes she could be here in person so that she could see it daily. And I, I told her she just needs to get an Airbnb. Come on, Minnesota's going to get cold. Come on down, you know? <laughs> exactly. Now, can a buyer find a rental for a few months before they buy if they want to stay in town? Yes, and typically the best way to do that truly is with an Airbnb or VRBO. Traditional landlords are not uh, very excited about doing maybe a two- or three-month lease. You know, typically they want that to be more like a 12-month lease, but there are quite a few short-term opportunities, so that, that tends to work the best way for most of my clients when they're coming in. It's a very tough one when somebody wants it for two months and they say minimum 12. And I'm hearing the same answer from agents across the West that it's pretty much a minimum of 12 months. Yeah. And there's pockets and there's special uh, situations and agents have special contacts and such. But for the most part, that's the market across the country. It's very, very tight and landlords don't want to mess with with you know the turnover every couple of months. Which is understandable. That's right. They're in business too. Tell me, what two or three things should an out-of-town buyer consider when looking to buy? 
Dick, I absolutely encourage my out-of-town area buyers to come for a long weekend or a full week if possible to drive around the area, get a sense of their commute, maybe even visit schools or other important things for them. Uh, Before that visit, I love to have a Zoom or phone call to talk through priorities, hopes, dreams, and their timeline. We can set up a preliminary search so they get a sense of what's available in different areas and then be ready to drive some of those neighborhoods when they're in town. The market is moving fast, and unless they're ready to buy on that that initial trip, those houses aren't that are currently on the market. They're not going to be here, you know, a few months down the road. But it at least gives them a sense for different areas, home styles, neighborhoods, schools, price point. And you've got to know what you're doing when you tell your realtor, okay, we're ready to buy. You've got to be mm-hmm. really ready. Mm-hmm. Buckle your yeah. seatbelt, have your check and your pen in hand, because it goes fast. The process goes very quickly, to your point. Is that fair to say? Yes. Absolutely fair to say. And that's why I think those initial meetings where we walk through the process and and try to get very specific and comfortable about what to expect along the way, paves a road for a much more successful venture when we're ready to actually start making an offer or offers as it may be if we don't get the very first house. There you go. You prepare and you pave the way for success. We're going to leave it right there. That is just great advice and nothing like preparation, nothing like being a Boy Scout in real estate. Be prepared. Absolutely. It is quite the ride these days, and it may slow down just a tad, but next spring probably we'll pick it right up again. So, ladies and gentlemen, you got to be prepared, and you got to be ready for uh, for action when you say, I'm ready. You really got to be ready. Well, Molly Friedrich from Austin and Round Rock, Texas, thank you very much for being on the show today. I enjoyed talking with you, and I really appreciate your time. Well, I so appreciate the time we've had. Thank you for all you do, Dick. This is an amazing program, and I just I admire you. Thank you so much. Pleasure was all mine, certainly. You take care, Molly, and have a productive rest of the year. Thank you. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Molly Friedrich from Austin and Round Rock, Texas, and all those northern suburbs north of Austin. She, you can tell, she is an experienced and personable professional ready to help you in that Austin and to the north area. If you'd like a formal introduction, please feel free to contact me or your local agent, and we'll be happy to to hook you up with Molly, and of course, she'll be happy to consult with you. To understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, such as Molly, listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource, and I make a few points in that talk, and most important one is the value of relationships when buying or selling a home, and boy, that relationships idea is more and more valuable these days with the state of the inventory. When searching for Eyes West, be sure to enter it as one word. Our Facebook page is called Eyes West Podcast, and you can find all the episodes there or at your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County, California, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us, and until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.